Welcome to another episode of Appalachian Shine. This is your host, Jason Steinberg, and this is the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Improvement. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in today. We have a special guest. We have Bobby Medeiros, who is a local writer. Uh, you always hear an ad lib. Um, but Bobby had a very, very interesting history. I was reading your bio on the uh, Authors Guild website. And you've been here in Appalachia for over 35 years, but you come from the Fall River Mass. Uh, tell us a little bit about growing up there and how the road led you to uh, live here in Appalachia. Well, that was a very long road. <laughs> I, um, I grew up, uh, and I, I addressed this in the beginning of my book, I grew up in a Portuguese neighborhood in a very large um, mill town in Falver, Massachusetts. And um, I always loved writing. Um, and it did begin in the early grades. And I just progressed from middle school, high school, and college. Um, but when I um, made a decision to leave where I was living in Boston and found myself in Southwest Virginia. It's, it's a circuitous path that got me into Southwest Virginia. Um, and I do detail that in my memoir. Um, life is full of twists and turns for most people. And um, mine certainly had its share. Now, one other thing that uh, I noticed from your bio, um, it says you were working on an uh, you wrote an autobiography called Walking to Ezekiel, and that's on Amazon. Um, tell us a little bit about that and where you traced, uh, traced your family history back in Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah, tell us about that. That's really interesting. Well, all my grandparents came from the Azores, and uh, they never learned to speak English. Um, Consequently, I never had a conversation with them and never learned their stories. And um, I believe that everybody has a story that has value and is worth sharing. And um, I have, for about 20 years, nurtured the idea of writing my story. So um, it does begin in my hometown, and it concludes with a visit to my grandparents' homeland in the Azores. It brought my story full circle, and that's when I, I realized I was ready to get it into print. Now, the Azores, that's part of Portugal. Yes. Right? For those who uh, are listening may not know what the Azores are. The Azores are kind of like the Hawaii of Europe. <laughs> it is the most pristine um, location, probably on the entire planet. Just the, the, the temperature is always just kind of right in their sweet zone. Uh, and it's not just one island. It's, a, it's actually a series of nine islands. Is that, is that, that right? That's correct. And they're about 
950 miles off the coast of mainland Portugal, about a third of the way across the Atlantic to the U.S. And when you were there visiting, um, and kind of trying to understand history, did you um, get an opportunity to go to each of the islands? No, I visited three of the nine islands, but I did visit the one where my grandparents lived. And um, all four of them came, maternal and paternal, plus one great-grandparent. Um, so they were great-grandparents. Considering how beautiful all the photos are and the documentaries I've watched and read, there's, um, I certainly hope you take photos. <laughs> oh, many, many photos. And, you know, a lot of people ask me how I could remember all the things that I put in my book. And that was one primary way, because I have traveled a lot, um, and, and that's, that's a significant piece of my story. But through my vacation photo albums, as well as my journal, I was able to resurrect so many memories. One led to another, and um, that was one of the joys of writing the book. I wanted to ask you another thing about that particular book. Walking through the GV is the main title, but the subtitle I noticed was looking over on Amazon, My Journey to Overcoming Loneliness. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that and like what, what brought on your loneliness and what sparked you to, to write this amazing book. Well, when I set out um, a long journey of 20 years of writing the book with the same working title, may I add, um, um, I did not recognize that there was a loneliness theme in my life. Um, serendipitously, as I was um, committing myself to getting the, my story in print, I came across a couple of books, one of which was uh, Susan Cain's book, Quiet, The Power of Introverts, in a world that can't stop talking. And also another book that I'd never heard of called Lonely by um, Emily White. And in these two books, I came in touch with how much my personality was introverted, as well as how much of my life had been um, expressed with loneliness. What I thought may have been short-term depressions was really revealed to me as loneliness. And there are, there's a lot of research on this topic, and some psychiatrists believe it is a legitimate diagnostic um, category for um, mental illness. How helpful was writing this book to help you with that? Well, it was very helpful. Uh, I think anyone who writes an autobiography slash memoir um, does a lot of um, um, soul searching and um, it's, it's, it's therapeutic and um, I think it can be revealing, as I said, because the more memories that you tap, the more are stimulated. 
I just want to, I, want, I kind of wanted to ask about um, your next bullet too, but you, you mentioned your work then, so this was from a biography. But you're, you're working on a memoir as well, right? It's not finished yet, or something that you're working on now. Working on what? A memoir. No, this is my memoir. Uh, were you working on, uh, was there another one that you were working on? I'm working on a second edition of my first publication, which is called From Lee County Affair. It's all about Damascus, Virginia. Okay, so, yeah, no, that was a really, I love that title in the book, by the way, because anybody that's been to Damascus just knows how cozy that little town is. I mean, we're in Abingdon today, and Abingdon's a great town, but when you, you know, hop, skip, and jump away to Afghanistan, it's like Damascus. Well, the title is not original. I mean, hikers dubbed the town to be that. And um, it's it's really interesting how uh, Damascus is on the map because, of course, what's looked at as America's trail, the Appalachian Trail, goes right through the town. And they do have uh, an annual festival that I'm sure you're aware of called Trail Days. Yes. And uh, it's, it's amazing how many people, anybody on the trail, Almost everybody on the trail goes through Damascus. Sorry. Oh, they have to go through. Yeah. If they're hiking they're the whole trail. They're going to do the entire 2,195 miles. Now, have you hiked the trail? I've hiked much of the trail um, in this region and uh, some in Massachusetts and uh, other states in New England. But um, no, I've given up that dream of, of through hiking. So what what did you learn most on the trail? What do you enjoy most about being out? Well, for me, um, being in in the, the wilderness or on a, a very isolated trail is like being in a church. It's it's where I get in touch with my spirit, where I where I can become renewed, and um, I mean I have to have That's good for the soul. Oh, yeah. It, it is. Um, I, I know I have a couple of special places in here I like doing just to clear my mind and, and kind of be away from things. Are there places around here like that for you? Is that where you just uh, go visit? Well, my go-to place to clear my head is Buzzard Rock up on White Top Mountain. And the trail leading out to the rocks is very special to me because in 1996, I worked with with the Conorock crew for the Appalachian Trail. They do more major sort of engineering revisions and reparations on the trail. And I worked to bring the trail back down from where it originally was, up by the red spruce at the top of White Top. We brought it down below the road and back into the woods. And it's about a half a mile wooded trail and then it opens up again on a field leading out to Buzzard Rock. Right. Yeah, I've been there. Um, actually, I went to visit Buzzard Rock when I was in high school. It was the first time I was there um, at a government school and I took a geology course and that and uh, Buzzard Rock was on the, on the map. But ever since I went to White Top Mountain, that's one of my go-to places as well. I'll drive all the way to the top of the Grand Park area. Yeah. I just get a blanket and sit out in the grass and I just look. Yeah. Now, when you're out doing things like with your connection with nature, do you find that it's inspiring for your brain? 
Oh, absolutely. And I always have pen and paper with me <laughs> when I write, um, even if I just scribble a few notes, because something um, passes through my mind that I want to express myself about. And, um, and sometimes I write a little essay about whatever that thought was. And definitely looking for it. And, and a, a view from the White House is uh, phenomenal. And you know, anybody that's listening that hasn't been to the White House balcony, if you're in Damascus, uh, it, it probably should have been the summer budget list is to get out into fresh air, um, walk a little bit of the trail because the air is still through there. Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as you get on the Appalachian Trail, yeah. you can walk a little bit of it. Oh, uh, you can walk through the main street in Damascus and get on the trail. That's very true. So, so you know, you um, you uh, we, we talked a little bit about the Azores and the Feminist uh, Trail and the Trail. Um, tell us a little bit about the book, uh, Friendly's Town on the Trail, and what and, and, uh, what. Well, oh, Friendly's Town on the Trail. I lived in Damascus for twelve years, and um, when I left, I that was in twenty thirteen. I decided to um, write a love letter to the town, essentially. Um, I wanted to pay tribute to some of the people who helped bring it to what it is today. Every chapter has a story. And um, now that um, I need to think about either a reprint or a second edition, um, I realized there were so many changes in Damascus right now that it needed to be a second edition. And there will be abbreviations of some of the stories from the first book, but um, there's a new trail center going in there that's just going to bring wonderful things to the town. And um, other developments uh, through the revitalization project that's been going on for about seven years. Um, like some boutique hotels um, and um, a river walk. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. I, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. When will that be complete? Well, there's going to be a soft opening for the Trail Center um, this summer and a grand opening later in the fall. Um, before everything is completed, but the park is looking really, really good uh, where the river walk is. Oh, good. Um, so if somebody wants to find the Friendly's Town on the trail, is that available only locally? The outfitters in Damascus carry it, and as well as several retailers here in Abingdon. The Arts Depot, um, Necessities on Main Street, um, the Mountain Artisans, because I'm a member of those organizations, okay. and they sell books by their, written by their members. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask if uh, the Barter Theater. The Barter did sell my books at one time, and they may still have a few in the bookshop. I had it in many other places, Greenlee, Mercantile, and um, oh, also um, Parkwood. Right, yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about, right off exit 420. Yeah, yeah, they they keep um, an inventory of my my books, both books. 
They have a lot of amazing artists. All of these places do. So I'd love to see that we're right here in kind of Central Appalachia. There's so many places that are welcoming for local artists and local musicians and local artists. Well, it's unique to us. So what's uh, what's next for you? Uh, you after you finish making music, starting to record this, how how soon do you think you might be able to add? Um, in the fall, I imagine I wanted to wait until these these new developments in Damascus were at a point where I could have some of the photographs in the book and talk about some of the um, programs that that they'd be offering through the Trail Center. If, if anybody wants to pick up Walking with the Refugee and, and get that on, on Amazon, um, do you have a website or a social media that anybody can follow you to keep up with? No, no, I kept the website for um, the memoir for about a year, but it, it was, or excuse me, I kept the website for um, the Damascus book for about a year, but it didn't prove real worthwhile. And there's a reference in the the town website to the book in its in the history section. There's a okay. lot of history in that. Sure. Okay. So um so nothing as far as like a Facebook page or anything like that. No, no. People can find you on AppalachianAuthors.com. Uh, if you're a member of the yes. Appalachian Authors yeah. Guild and under the membership section there's a bio here. Yeah. Uh, I can send you updates or email. Right. And uh, the Washington County Historical Society also sells friendly Town on the oh, Trail on their okay. website. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, so people can buy that online from there. Okay. Yeah. Um, any, chan- any thoughts of putting it up on Amazon at some point? Or? No, because it's really um, targeted for um, locals and visitors to the area. And the two longest chapters in that book, which I will be still including in the second edition, are on the Appalachian Trail and the Virginia Creeper Trail. It's loaded with information. It's a wonderful resource. Now, I will ask this about your time on the trail. Did you meet a lot of other authors? Oh, yeah. Do you have Do you have a, a trail name? Do I have one? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a red L.L. Bean um, Seltzer and I, I thought about calling myself Scarlet if I ever did take on a trail name. But no, I, I never got into that league. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people that have some really interesting trail names out there. I've watched so many documentaries on YouTube. And, and, yeah. And, yeah, Geo. But the, the people on the trail, they, it's a passion. It really is. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm glad you have the passion to write the book about Damascus. Well, you know, the original Outfitters in Damascus, Mount Rogers Outfitters, um, um, has just recently relocated, and it, it's in um, the original family that had the store sold it. That person's name is Lumpy, and I have never asked him what his trail name <laughs> meant. But the original owner of um, MRO, as it's affectionately referred to, was J. Patrick, and he was a local in Damascus, and I have his story in the book. And he um, had, his trail name was Damascus Dave. Oh, that's cool. 
Yeah. So all these people have such unique stories. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm so glad you, you put that in there. Now, you mentioned <laughs> white tops. That's, this, is the second tallest peak on the planet? Yeah. And Mount Rogers was the first? Yeah. Now, can you, because you said that you know white tops are better than I do, can you see Mount Rogers from the top of white tops? No. No. But you can from Abingdon. You can see both mountaintops. And actually, because White Top is closer, it looks larger. Okay. Yeah, because I knew, I knew Mount Rogers. I, I've, been, I've driven out there for the, um, I guess it was like a, it was like a palace of a store. It was like a, a stopover for people on the trail. Yeah. But it's also for tourists if you go in there to buy hats and yeah. you know, it's one of the best stops for it. Yeah, and it's very interesting. There's no view from the top of Mount Rogers, and it's a half-mile spur trail from the Appalachian Trail, and it's a different ecosystem in there of the red spruce and um, whatever else, and firs are left. Most of them, many of them have died up there. Now, the ecosystem of White Top is quite unique, and as you're going up the mountain, anybody that's going up there, I would encourage you to stop and read the sign there. Well, um, the title of my book is a little obscure, my, my memoir, Walking to Ujiji, and it actually refers to an, an Anasazi Indian ruin um, in New Mexico at Chaco Canyon, and it does have significance in my storyline, um, which you would find about midway through the book. Um, but I did write this book for two primary reasons. One was so that my daughter and my grandsons would have my story. And the second reason was that I think there have been a number of chapters in my life that other people can relate to. Um, one chapter that I call um, Life Interrupted deals with a, a serious illness that um, I write about in detail. And the other um, um, deals with um, adoption, which I have the Mendoza of the adoption story. And um, it's a commune for many people. And I think it can be cathartic for people to read other people's stories that will say similar to theirs. Yeah, it's, uh, is it hard to open up like that? Or you know, share such personal things in your writing? For me, it was not, but I do have a background in psychiatric nursing, and, and uh, I've always been very interested in mental health issues. And um, like I said, our stories have value, and sharing them is important. Mm -hmm. Well, I say I appreciate you sharing all this with us today. Um, so, folks, uh, if you want to go, like I said, uh, go to AppalachianAuthors.com and the 
and see our uh, bio there, Bonnie Mendez. Uh, make sure you check out the book, Walk with the Believer, on Amazon. And uh, if you see her working at a book signing, stop by and say hello. Well, I would like to get back to book signing. It's the pandemic interrupted that whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> it, really, it really put a, you know, a writer's uh, tough spot in, in our audience. And the last year, it's, uh, for those who make a lot of money, or made the bulk of their income, at local festivals, last year was expensive. It was a disaster. Right. And are you planning anything coming up this fall or later on this summer as far as book signings? Um, well, I had had one scheduled at the Bristol Library. I usually, uh, with my other book, I have done um, readings and signings at the various libraries in the region. So I'm going to try to get that set up again. Okay. Have you, um, you ever done any book signings at, uh, say, Big Walker's Overlook in uh, Richville or out in that area? No, I have not. Okay. Um, so it's a really nice little place. Uh, the album has a lot of writers work there, especially guild writers work right there. And, mm -hmm. and it's on Big Bank. It's pretty big. It's got signs for its sign. Uh huh. You, you set up in a, in a um, museum store or a bookstore? Uh, or it's it's, a, it's uh, basically a craft store. Everything is owned by local artists. Oh. And then on weekends they have libraries and cats. So I don't play the table out there for oh. so they just like that. But, um, It's always fun. I've done it a few times myself. I always uh -huh. have a good time up there. So you meet a lot of interesting people. They're just out for nature, yeah. out for the, the music, and, and just exploring the arts. And I've met people from, actually, ironically, Fall River. I met them last Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. Uh, last summer. Uh, she's actually in California. She's probably based in California. And plus, she stays in here. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. So, yeah, definitely a book film. If you see Bunny at this, uh, this seminar, um, stop by and pick up a book. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed sharing them with you. And I appreciate you coming on to Appalachian Sound. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. If you make it to any other ones, uh, let us know. We'll sit down and talk again. Thank you. And thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Appalachian Sound. Uh, you can follow us online at supportappalachia.org. Or you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash supportappalachia. Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you on another episode.